And we thank you for joining us on this uh, Christmas program. Stories and songs of Christmas. As it concluded there, of course, the reason for the season is the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Christmas is all about gifts. We'll exchange gifts here in a few days and we sit around and say, here, I got this for you and I hope you'll enjoy this. And we watch our friends open gifts that we have purchased or prepared for them. And it's always a blessing. But the greatest uh, story of Christmas is the story of Jesus. I want to talk just for a few moments about that. But thinking about the stories and songs of Christmas. How many remember Charlie Brown Christmas? 1965. That's when it rolled out for the first time in the Charlie Brown Christmas. How about It's a Wonderful Life? Uh, that's a great story. It, I like to watch it. I try to watch it every year. I think I missed last year, but it would have been the exception. I love to see all that comes together. And I like it when Clarence gets his wings. That's awesome. I remember as a child watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I felt so sorry for that little elf who didn't want to be an elf. He wanted to be a dentist. And I uh, thought, man, that poor guy, he needs some help. And uh, he got some help from Rudolph, and that worked out fine. You think about so many sweet stories of Christmas. I remember my dad, he was unfortunately raised with a home where alcohol was an issue. Drunkenness and crystal balls and tarot cards were in his house. And uh, as I grew up with my dad and my siblings, my sweet mom, I could tell that Christmas didn't have the same story that maybe you and I have. I could tell he got irritable, frustrated, wish he had more money, wish he had more to provide the kids and, and to give away. I could tell that usually, and I couldn't understand as a child, I understand it much better as an adult, because most of his childhood Christmases were not pleasant ones. His stories were not as my stories are, and many of our stories. And some of you have stories that Christmas was not at, but most of my stories are great. I uh, rehearsed with Linda last night some of our Christmases when the children, we have nine children, and when uh, they're little, and just to see the fun of that. Uh, we have a man on our staff named Jerry Vargo. His wife, Gail, was raised right here in this church, and her mother sang in the choir. Her dad was one of our deacons and raised here, and Gail was gifted to give. And at least four of those Christmas, she rolled up to our house, and Brother Jerry unloaded his um, pickup truck with just boxes and boxes of things that she'd accumulated, and we just had more stuff to do than to open up than we could even do so. So many blessings there. I remember my 13th Christmas. I was living in Superior, Wisconsin, and that is about as cold as Siberia. And I still, every time my right foot gets cold, my left, my left big toe goes numb because I was a paper boy back there in that days, and it just got so cold. And I remember Christmas Day, I was hoping to have the day off, but the paper still ran on Christmas Day. And my dad got us up early at 3.30, and he, we had, uh, all of our family had five different paper routes, and my brother had one, that he had 39 papers to deliver, and I had 37, my sister and my brother had 51, and there was another one we had to pick up because the paper boy wasn't throwing it that day, and 
my dad got us up early and said, and I, I uh, was thinking, okay, we're going to do open presents first and then go. And he goes, no, no, he's got to get the papers out first. And we went and about froze to death and just miserable. But I'm looking forward to getting back home. And we got back home and there was numbers of things that my parents didn't wrap the presents. They just put them out all over the living room. And so they had us go up into our bedrooms and they positioned all that. And I remember seeing the a 22 rifle Remington single shot. It was my first time. I had a friend named Scott Carbon who was a who was a hunter in high school, and he was older than me. and And uh, he was telling me about shooting rabbits. My dad and my mom found a way to get that rifle. And I remember standing there in my yellow pajamas right there after throwing paper routes and holding that gun. I looked like Daniel Boone. <clears throat> Well, maybe it lacked a little bit of looking like Daniel Boone. I look like a yin-yang holding a stick there, you know. Two sticks, a stick holding a stick. That's what I look like. But, you know, you think about the stories of Christmas, and uh, it makes me smile. I look forward to the time, look time the day off or two, and be able to spend together and just not even get in my car if I don't have to. Christmas is wonderful to reflect on so many things that it comes with that. Of course, the world has materialized it greatly and, and uh, merchandised the Christmas thing. Think about songs of Christmas. And boy, I loved every one of these songs. And I, I'm familiar with them. I never heard them any better than I heard them this morning. Just really good. And, uh, but I, you know, I think about silver bells. And I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Some of you are like, I'm dreading a white Christmas. It's coming, friends. I think it's going to snow this winter, but I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure you're going to have, whether it's Christmas or January or February, just change it. I'm dreaming of a white February. <laughs> I think about jingle bells and joy to the world. The Lord has come. Oh, come, let us adore him. Beautiful songs that God has given us at Christmas season. The first Noel, we heard that, the last song that the adult choir sang, the first Noel, is a great song. But I want to direct your attention to one verse in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 14. And it really was the first Christmas song. And it wasn't sung by human beings, it was sung by angels. One angel came and he greeted a bunch of scared shepherds. They were just common men. He didn't go to the palace to announce the coming of Jesus. He went to a common group of people, somewhat disdained. And he tells them, I want to bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And then he was joined, that angel was joined by a whole host of other singing angels. And their song was made up of two statements. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, goodwill to man. You know, when the Bible opens the Bible, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens, that's where God lives, and the earth. Heavens and the earth, the atmosphere above us and the earth, the terra firma we live on. And the Bible tells us here, glory to God in the highest, and and then on the earth, peace, goodwill to man. That was the song. That was a song that the angels heard, that, was, or that the angels sang. That was a song the shepherds heard. And after the song was over, they looked around and said, look, we can't stay on this hillside with this sheep. We got to go find 
this baby that's wrapped in grave clothes, swaddling clothes, children's clothes, and clothes they would use to rags they would use to wrap a dead person. Because Jesus wasn't just born to live, he was born to die. We got to go find him. And they left after hearing that song. But I love the first part of that song, number one, glory to God in the highest. You know, God deserves a good day, don't you think? Glory means to give others a good opinion of God. And I don't know who you are and where you are and where you will conduct your life in the next few weeks, but I hope that your life would bring good glory to God, would give others a good opinion of Jesus. You know, Gahandi said, I would be a Christian if it were not for some Christians. Would to God that you and I would say, you know what, I don't want anyone to ever say that about me. I want to be a good representation of Jesus. I want to good, be a good representation of God, that, that he would bring glory in the highest. When someone thinks about God, the most important thing about us, what comes to our mind when we think about God. And you and I are his representations here in this world. We are his ambassadors. So I think Christmas reminds me that I need to give others a good opinion of God. But the second part of that song says, and on earth, peace. He said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill to man. See, I really think that's the reason for Christmas, is because this world needs peace. But far more important than this world having peace you and I need peace. When you look at the Bible, you find three types of peace. Number one, the peace with God. Number two, the peace of God. Number three, the God of peace. And you know, the Christmas is about the first one. Is how can we have peace with God? See, all of us have a problem. And Christmas revolves around the purpose to solve that problem. It's one of the reasons that we use a gift. I have a gift here this morning. Inside this gift, and I'll give it away in just a few moments to someone from our visiting group. But there's two $20, uh, two, two, or $20 gift cards to Chick-fil-A. I just made a box so you could see it. Really don't need this big of a box for two gift cards. You probably figured that out, but I wanted you to be able to see it. But you know, that's, uh, as you saw in that last video, Jesus is the reason for the season, and the gift has already been given. The question is, has it been received? As we think about that for just a moment, I want to remind you that you and I are all created by God, but we got a problem with God. The problem is God is holy and we're not. God doesn't know sin. Jesus did not know any sin. And uh, he became sin for us so that we could be made the righteous of God in him. In himself, he doesn't have sin. And you and I are sinners. Years ago, someone loved me enough and they took the Bible and they showed me it wasn't at Christmas time. It was in the month of June. But someone asked me, John, do you know for sure when you die, you will go to heaven? And I didn't know that. I was religious. I knew a lot about a lot of things, but I did not know 
to say yes to that question. I did not really know the meaning of Christmas. I didn't realize how much problem I was in. The truth of the matter is, I did not have peace with God. God had something against me. And what he had against me is the same thing he has against you. It's sin. We all have a sin problem. And the person that loved me took the Bible and showed me three things I needed to know. And one thing I needed to decide. And I want to share that with you real quickly. Because let me, let me make sure you understand this. No one goes to heaven because of their church affiliation. A church cannot forgive sin. I love this church. This church can forgive no one's sin. This morning and maybe tonight, there'll be people baptized in baptistries here. That water cannot wash away sin. Baptism is not the way to heaven. I want to be a good person. I'm sure you want to be a good person. I'd like to be a good husband to my beautiful wife, Linda. I'd like to be a good dad to those uh, young men and young ladies who call me dad. I'd like to really be a good friend to my friends, a good neighbor to my neighbors. I'd like to be a good pastor to this church. But none of that makes me good enough to go to heaven. Here's what the Bible says. The first thing we need to know is that we're sinners. And sin, uh, we miss the mark. We can't go to heaven that way. In the, book of in the book of Romans, chapter number 3, verse number 10, it says, As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. No one does the right thing all the time, not even one person. If you look down the chapter in verse number 23, the Bible says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No matter how good, how bad you are, you miss the mark. I miss the mark. Every day, we think things we shouldn't really think. We say things we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. And the Bible tells us all of us who have sin come short of what it takes to go to heaven on our own. And it's kind of like jumping across the Grand Canyon. It doesn't matter how good of a jumper you are. You can have gold medals hanging around your neck from the World Olympics. But if you try to jump across the Grand Canyon, you would die. You, the law of gravity will bring you to your death. If you try to go to heaven in your own righteousness, you cannot. You will not only die physically, you'll die eternally separated from God. Because the law of God is against you. Those Ten Commandments, God first, no idols, don't take God's name in vain, don't get mad and say, oh my God, or don't get mad and say, Jesus Christ. Don't curse His name, take His name in vain. Honor the Sabbath day or every one day a week needs to be for God. Have you always done that? Honor your father and mother. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't lie. Don't covet. Don't commit a sexual sin outside of marriage. You know, the truth of the matter is, those rules are against us. If you can keep those rules, you don't need a gift of eternal life. But since we've not caught them, kept them, we need help. And God said, we all fall short. That's why Jesus, um, and by the way, we sin because it's part of our nature. You know, you didn't, no one had to set you down one day and say, you're five, let's learn to lie, and I'm going to show you how to lose your temper tomorrow. Then we're going to work on really cussing. I want to show you how to cuss. No, that all came natural to us. Why? Because we have a sin nature. 
that we got from our dad and he got from his dad and he got from his dad and we all got from the first man, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, death passed upon us for all have sinned. That's why Jesus had to be born without a human father. So what's the big deal about the virgin birth? Why did Mary have to be a, a virgin? Because if Jesus had a human father that came from Adam, he would have been a sinner just like me and just like you. He had to be sinless to pay for sinners like us. The first thing I had to understand is that I was a sinner and I couldn't go to heaven that way. The second thing is that because of my sin, there's a penalty. There's a price. If you do the crime, you will pay the time. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now, I don't like death, but here's what I know about death. It doesn't annihilate someone, it just separates them from their body, their soul and their spirit leave, and they're separated from their loved ones. That happens to all of us. That's going to happen to you by trauma. It's going to happen by me, by old age, or be by cancer, or heart attack, or a stroke, or a massive uh, aneurysm, whatever. Some way, we're all going to die physically. But in the Bible, there are two deaths. The second death the Bible tells us very plainly, and I am so glad I have a Bible that shoots straight with me. In Revelation chapter 20, in verse 14 and 15, the Bible says this, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. God says there's two deaths. And one is physical, that's the separation of your body and your loved one, and then the other is, is, uh, is physical, and the other one is spiritual, separating you from God forever in a place he's not going, the lake of fire. And that's our choice. If we have to pay for our own sin, you can say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing this, I don't need a gift, I got it myself. You're going to the lake of fire forever and ever. But then God gives us the third point. Number one, I'm a sinner, I can't save myself. Number two, if I try to pay for my own sin, I'm going to die physically and eternally separated from God in the lake of fire. But the third thing that God tells us, that's the reason for Christmas, is that there's peace available. And the peace is available through Jesus. He says the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, a gift to the person I'm going to hand this to later this, this afternoon, one of our guests, this gift will have to be free. I can't say it has to be free and it has to be accepted. If I say to you, well, you are going to be the recipient of our gift. Here, here's a gift. Now give me $10, would you please? Well, that wouldn't be a gift. I say, I want to give you this gift, but you need to wash my car first. No, it wouldn't be a gift. A gift has to be free. Number two, a gift has to be accepted. There has to be an exchange. Whenever I hand this to my friend today and, and they take it, it will be theirs. It will be theirs. They could even go to Chick-fil-A and someone say, hey, what are you doing here? You go, I, I, got, I got gift cards. And they would, say, they would say, when? They would say, well, after church on Sunday morning. Where? At First Baptist Church. Who? John Wilkerson handed it to me. It'd go back to a time and a place and a person when they received the gift of eternal life. Now, Jesus died 2,000 years ago. 
And when he did come and died and was buried and rose again, he purchased the gift of eternal life for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life, opposite of eternal death, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And when he died, he gave us a chance to believe and receive on him. I want to reference you to a verse in the scriptures in Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. I want you to look on the screens and you'll see it there. This is a great verse. In chapter 4, it tells us how we can get saved. In Romans chapter 1 through 3, it tells us we got a problem with sin. I've quoted some of those verses to you. But in chapter 5, verse number 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice three words in that verse. The first word is justified. The word justified means to be innocent before God, to be declared innocent. See, if you and I take our chances and go into, we die. And we say, you know what? I got my own way. I've done the best I can. I'm a good person. I, I remember getting baptized when I was a kid, or I, I know I'm trying the best I can. Whatever you decide to do, you're going to go into eternity. Uh, and you're gonna, the question is, are you justified? Are you declared innocent before God? And in, and in our own righteousness, God says you're not. There's none righteous. We all have sinned and we all come short of what it takes. So what our need is to be justified. God's holy, we're not. The second word here is the word faith. Now, there's just two ways. If you ask someone, how can I get to heaven from here? How can I get my sins forgiven? They're either going to tell you something you need to do, or they're going to tell you someone who's already done it. It's either something you do or it's something Christ has already done. If you and I could go to heaven by being good and not doing wrong, then why would Jesus have to die on the cross? No, when he died, he did all that was needed to be done to purchase the gift of eternal life for you. How do I get that gift? By faith. I'm declared innocent before God by faith. And when I put my faith in what Jesus did, not what I've done, not in the church, not in works, not in the good things we've done, not in baptism, not in my family heritage, but I put my faith in only in Jesus by faith, then I have peace with God. And that's why the angels sang, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Peace is possible with God, but only one way, through Jesus Christ. That's why he could say, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man cometh the Father but by me. So, Pastor, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say at Christmas is about having peace with God. And three things I need to understand and you need to understand. I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. No matter how good I try to be, I'm not good enough. Number two, if I try to pay for my own sin, I'm going to hell. Forever separated from God. Experiencing the second death. Jesus died. He was buried and rose again. And when he died, he, the innocent, died for me, the guilty. And he purchased the gift of eternal life. Now, it's your choice. Would you, if Jesus would accept your sin, would you accept his sacrifice? Would you believe and put your faith in what Christ did? It's a personal decision. 
It's a miracle of a moment. Just like whoever I hand this with, they'll be able to know when and where they were when they took this gift. You ought to know where you were when you took the gift of eternal life. And if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve hell, and I know and I believe in my heart, though I've never seen Jesus, I believe that he died for me, and he did all those need to be done so I could be saved. I'm ready to receive him as my Savior. I'm ready to exchange my sin for his son. If that's you today, here's how you do that. The Bible says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. That means Jesus is the only way I can be saved. It's his righteousness, not mine. And with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I believe that. I believe I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. Jesus is my only hope. Then the next thing you do is to believe that in your heart. If you do that, the next thing is to ask God to save you. Because when you die, friend, whenever that is, it may be decades ahead of us. It might be your casket's in town today. And we're going to have a funeral for you this week. You don't know that. That's why the Bible says don't procrastinate with this decision. Accept it when you're presented with it. With that in mind, you're going to leave this world either with your sin and a fair trial with a God knows everything about you or with God's son and a free pardon. Remember, every time the Bible talks about eternal life, he references it as a gift. It's not a reward for doing right. It's a gift for being guilty and knowing it and asking God to save us. You've listened so well, and I want to thank everybody in the balcony, the main floor. You've given great attention this morning. But now it's, a very, it's, it's decision time. What will you do? Some of you, you've already accepted God's gift. And if I ask you when, you could tell me. Yes, here's where I was. When I believed and received you. That's when I was born again. Remember there are two deaths, physical and eternal? Well, there, that's why there's two births, physical what makes you a, your mom and dad's child, and, and spiritual, when it makes you God's child. See, if you're only born once, you're going to die twice. But if you're born twice, you only die once. Some of you need to be born again. You need peace with God. And that's possible only when you believe and receive Jesus.